Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hello, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your co-host, Joe Lou, and today I'm joined with my co-host, Pastor Lydia, who is the pastor of Transformation, co-founder of 180 Church, and wife to Dr. Sammy. And so as we're continuing our series on studying the early church in the book of Acts, um, we are observing how the disciples in the early church were able to just relentlessly talk and proclaim the good news of the gospel and, you know, and why they were able to do this and why they were able to continue and persist in the name of the gospels because uh, Christianity from its beginning has been founded on an event, an event that has fundamentally changed reality as we know it, even to this day. Um, and it, that event is the arrival, the resurrection, and the life of Jesus Christ um, in this world. And so, you know, in this podcast today, we'll be going through how this has fundamentally changed our reality as we know it and why we can continue to speak about the gospel and share this good news with people around us and be encouraged by uh, what the Spirit is doing in this. So without further ado, here's Dr. Sammy. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. So as we come back to the book of Acts, uh, as we explore it today and throughout the summer, we will find many similar themes and even headlines that would normally uh, find in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or the Atlantic and etc. Because Luke, the author's approach, the physician, uh, in his two-part letter to Theophilus, his friend, chronicled in Luke and the book of Acts. His approach is evidential. He is analytical and in many ways he deducts facts and dates and cross-references truth and timelines and interviews characters of the events. In the last few weeks we've discussed such themes and motifs as uh, corrosive nature of power and politics, systemic injustices, the ideas of Marxism and governance, when governments and totalitarian regimes promise utopia, usually ends up in dystopia. Um, we've discussed many of these type of themes, but this week, as we peel back the layers in Acts 5 again, as we come back to the book of Acts 5, chapter 5, we will again explore at this moment, the drama and the collision of power. More specifically, religious power between a fringe movement, which, are, which is the rise of Christianity and the disciples' leadership, and the Sanhedrin, the wealthy Jewish ruling class. And somehow we will witness how these unschooled ordinary men disrupt the seat of power and as Lynn Emanuel Miranda says in his prolific Broadway play, Hamilton, they literally turned the world 
upside down. Sometimes we take for granted and forget, as Christianity has waned a bit, that Christianity and its rise is the largest religious movement in the history of mankind. You can find a church in every village, every city, everywhere around the world. Yet, when we look at its origin, it should have died in Galilee with Jesus on the crucifixion, on the cross, and the disciples. Yet it did not, because here are the facts. 68% of all the influences of the leaders of this country come usually from nine universities, the Ivies and Stanford. And the disciples had neither. From a sociological and economic lens, excuse my French, but the disciples should not have a chance in hell even running at Costco successfully yet alone rewrite history yet they did and that's what we want to explore today the various determinants that gave rise to this unlikely movement this fringe movement that literally turned the world upside down so that's the question we want to answer how can how could a small fringe movement turn the world upside down let's go to our scriptures come back and explore that further. See you soon. Bye. Good afternoon, everybody. Today's scripture is from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 27 to 42. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. So we asked the question, how could a small fringe movement literally turn the world upside down? First lesson we learn excavated and rooted in this passage is that because they were actual witnesses to a watershed event in history. Ando Domini literally means in the ear of our Lord in Latin. 
we in our history in western civilization particularly we count from the birth of Jesus and his death and that's how we keep our timeline what made this fringe movement literally change history it was an event you see Christianity is not an idea unlike Buddhism unlike Hinduism and like many other religions it is not a philosophy and hear me carefully it's not an idea it's an event the gospel is an announcement about what has happened 2,000 years ago it is not an idea or a philosophy it is an announcement about an event it is the rise of an event that took place in the first century that literally flipped the world upside down they were able to do this because even as a fringe movement as ordinary men they were witnesses to a, a event endo domini where literally history points and pinpoints the gear our lord was not only incarnate and born but where he resurrected this event caused that drama we spoke about in the beginning the collision of religious power where the Sanhedrin and the disciples the rise of Christianity and the Jewish elite collided and so you read here in verse 33 when they heard this when the when the disciples refused they wouldn't stop they couldn't stop talking about the event because really that's what the gospel is the gospel is not anything profound that we say I say or what the disciples have said or any preacher has said no matter how you said it it's not in how you tell it the profoundness what's profound is the event the kerygma it's the event that we declare the announcement of what happened that's why they could not stop when they heard this they were furious and wanted to put them to death this is the Sanhedrin they are the elite of the elite the fact that they're even threatened by ordinary men tells you something significant took place little did they know much more significant they ever imagined so Gamaliel a respected fam Pharisee says this after they really wanted to kill them he said then he addressed the Sanhedrin in verse 35 men of Israel consider carefully what you intend to do with these men some time ago Thyadis appeared claiming to be somebody and about 400 followers were dispersed and it all came to nothing verse 37 after him Judas the Galilean appeared in days of the census and led a band of people in revolt and that's the, the zealots he too was killed and his followers were scattered therefore in the present case I advise you leave these men alone let them go for if their purpose or activity is of human origin it will fail but if it is from God you will not be able to stop these men you will only find yourselves fighting against God so there's something there about the event that we keep referring to 
the resurrection, the veracity of the Christianity is not contingent upon anything eloquent but the fact of the, of the event. The event is the reason why a fringe movement changed the world. Because the logic behind the historicity of the event is that it actually happened, and that's why the men wouldn't stop. They could not stop talking about what they witnessed and what they seen and what they heard because it was a historic event. So there's a parallel case actually in the market economy in business. The Sanhedrin, the, the, the collision of power, religious power, could be parallel to the collision of economic market power in a story, in a case, similar case of Netflix and Blockbuster Video. <laughs> How many people remember Blockbuster Video? I used to go with my wife, but to love it. Blockbuster was a powerhouse, a $10 billion company, and Netflix just beginning, Reed Hastings started in Queens, New York. Can you imagine that? Shout out to all the people in Queens. Because he was late on his Blockbuster video and DVD fees, and scared of his wife killing him, he thought of the idea. And eventually, it took off, but it wasn't revolutionary quite yet. But eventually, he had an idea of streaming movies and shows online and at this point no one really believed that model that disruption would actually take place now netflix exists and it's dominating in the power book disrupting all of entertainment and blockbuster has died rest in peace blockbuster and here's a funny story actually reed hastings approached blockbuster ceo and offered to sell itself and change its name to blockbuster.com and wanted to revolutionize online entertainment. And Blockbuster laughed at them. Here is a parallel case where in the market economy, it's usually Darwinian, right? The strongest survive and the strong prey on the weak. But here, there was an event Blockbuster and even AOL merging with Time Warner could did not predict and did not we're not able to anticipate that streaming and high-speed internet literally would change the face of the internet, you know, and the future. And they did not really think about it. So the event changed everything for Netflix's favor, didn't it? Because what is one of the three watershed moments in history? First is the Roman road that created the roads and conquered most of the ancient world and allowed the gospel to go over all over ancient Mesopotamia and Asia Minor. Second, the printing press, third, the internet. The event is what accelerated. Jim, Jim Collins says in book, the book Good to Great that technology cannot create growth, but it can accelerate it. So the idea, that event of the internet and the disruption that would occur literally changed the world upside down for entertainment. Just like it did for the disciples. And that collision ended what? In the disciples being named. Our kids are named after Peter and John and James. The Sanhedrin is forgotten in many ways. And for a time, didn't even have a country until after World War II. So think about it.
For those of you who are seeking, and those who are investigating faith, and those of you who believe, it's important for Christians to think and believers to think up through the veracity of why we believe in the gospel, why we believe in the rise of Christianity. It's not because the disciples thought they wanted to make a religion. No, it was historical and it was a moment. They were eyewitnesses to something that happened that was extraordinary. And that's undisputable. There's no way these men could have done and reached this far if it was human origin. Just like the Pharisee, the leading scholar said in this text, it would have died. It is of divine origin. So if you're seeking today, I pray that you would think about that. In fact, if you think that Christianity is just positionality, where you're born from, just think about this. There are more born-again Christians in the underground church in China than there are in the United States. Again, the fringe movement. The Holy Spirit has taken the event. The gospel is not an idea, it's the event. The kerygma, the resurrection of Jesus taking place. That's why we believe. And that's why today we're still making this announcement. And that's why we're talking today on this video. Do you see that? Can you feel that? That's why. So I pray the Holy Spirit today would remind you who, are, who believe in the foundation of the Christian faith. It's the resurrection. It's the event, the Ando Domini, the year of our Lord was born, crucified, and resurrected, and it literally split time in history from B.C. to A.D. And for those of you who are seeking, think through that, because this is not a religion. It's reality. It's redefining reality. And I pray the Spirit would convict you and show you that today. Amen. So in the beginning, we asked the question, how could a fringe movement literally change the world and literally turn the world upside down? Well, secondly, because they were never going to stop. They weren't going to stop because they were armed with the truth of the event. Going back to the event, it's so critical when you read this text, how the Sanhedrin were angry and wanted to put them to death. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to kill someone? Kande talks about that in his one of his songs. I thought about killing you. Premeditated murder. And I love myself way more than I love you. And I thought about killing you. Well, he's crazy. But I mean, <laughs> but, but the whole point is, you would only really want to kill someone when you're in power, when they're getting in your way. When they would, ref they, they would not stop. I won't stop. I can't stop. Why? Because they were armed with that watershed moment in history where Jesus actually resurrected. They witnessed something in that time that changed them forever. If you see the post-resurrection versus the crucifixion, the disciples changed drastically. They were cowards who ran away at the crucifixion, who when they met a resurrected Christ, literally in the end, besides John who was jailed forever, all died for their faith. And Stu last week, thank you Stu for preaching as I was on vacation, did a great job. Talked about how they celebrated their wins. 
one of the things that I wanted to go into that is that they celebrated after they were flogged. Flogging, Roman flogging is not fun. It's actually being whipped with metal pieces many times, couple dozens of times where your flesh is taken off your skin, like in the crucifixion. Why were these men, even in the midst of pain and suffering and coming in collision with power, those people that just run the world, that's just how things are, how it is. They weren't afraid. They wouldn't back down because they were armed with truth. It tells you something again about the event and the announcement they could not stop sharing what they seen and heard. Why? Because it was the truth. Why would anyone die for a lie? Why would anyone suffer in futility for lies or conspiracies? They would not. Recently, the passing of John Lewis, the congressman. The passing of John Lewis, the congressman, the great iconic civil rights leader. He was jailed more than two dozen times, beaten in the civil rights movement, during the civil rights movement, left and right jailed. He was cursed. He was demonized. Yet he leaves a legacy, an amazing, incredible legacy as, as our country honors him because of his, what, fight for justice. Why? Because he was armed with truth. He knew categorically that we are all created equal in the Imago Dei, the image of God. And no matter how much he was beaten, stripped, resisted, assaulted, brutalized, he would not surrender. He is a man that reminds us that when you're armed with truth, you're dangerous. You're dangerous. So today, I'm reminded of that, that we can't stop, we won't stop, sharing the gospel even when it's dark outside everybody left the beach i'm out here because the event the arrival is true and domini the year of our lord was born crucified and resurrected and he literally changed the world this is what c.s lewis says in mere christianity christianity if false is of no importance and if true of an infinite importance the only thing it cannot be is moderately important folks we don't believe in christianity and we don't come to church we don't tune into this broadcast because we don't have anything better to do we could be brunching right now we could be watching the nba i didn't give up my life for the word because i needed something to believe in no i was convinced by the evidence of Andonamini, the year of our Lord was born, crucified, and resurrected. Christianity and the gospel is not about anything we say that's profound. It's about the profoundness of the event. The kerygma, we announce the event. That's what changed the world. For those of you and, and some of my friends that, that, that are very wealthy in running hedge funds sometimes, part of hedge fund teams said, you know, who trust like the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin who were wealthy and powerful, who only trusted in the material. The disciples reminded them that really they are not in charge. God's in charge. 
He is the guardian of history. And he, what? Sent his son to guard it. And to embody it and to change it. And that's our announcement. So today, rest assured in your doubt or your thinking that this is not a religion. It's redefining reality. And I pray the Spirit will show you that. And as we close today in prayer, I want you to really reflect on the reality of the kingdom and the power of God and the veracity of the gospel and the historicity of Ando Domini. The year of our Lord was born, crucified, and he rose again. We don't believe in a philosophy. We don't believe in anything poetic or eloquent. We believe in the power of an event, a watershed moment in history that changed everything. And that is what our hope rests in. Nothing else. Amen. Let's sing and make this our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Pastor Lydia. Oh, hello, Joe. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, welcome back. Thanks for joining me again for this uh, episode of our podcast. I kind of wanted to talk about how um, I guess I felt after this sermon. And, you know, up to this point in our series with the Book of Acts and as we're studying it, I think the sermon was incredibly encouraging for me. And I think I wasn't necessarily sure wh where to place my thoughts and feelings um about how i felt after the sermon but i i definitely felt like coming out of a place of maybe being confused about what was going on around me and you know what i felt like i didn't really know what to do at the given moment the sermon was very uplifting mm. uh, and i think you know a lot of it was a reminder of the truth Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a, it was a great reminder of how, you know, we don't, we as believers, we don't place our faith and belief mm -hmm. on just an idea or something that was, you know, conceived out of, you know, someone's philosophy, mm -hmm. but we are founding our beliefs and everything we stand for on a very important event in time, an event in time that split history. Mm. um and you know that people have died for for this cause right and mm -hmm. you know i think it was a really great uh message on how you know we are living out um i guess the legacy of the early church founders mm -hmm. to this day um and so coming from that sort of point of view you know i was just also wondering um how you felt and what you thought what your takeaway was with this message being that you know i felt like this was such a really great rallying call like to mm -hmm. gather together again um mm -hmm. and really refocus on you know why we're doing this and why we believe what we believe yeah i also felt so encouraged by the message mm -hmm. um you know it's truth you know and truth um, well, speaking for myself right now, but like choose I know, choose I live for and, um, the path of life that I've chosen, um, everything about it 
is what I believe. But to be reminded through um, the Word of God, through the preaching of the Word, that what we believe and what we live for is so legitimate because mm. it's based on a fact and not some nice quote that's floating around on IG or some trending thought. That the fact that it actually happened, it's such a great reminder, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like, for me, it almost felt like, you know, when you have these, um, these conversations around the table, like a dinner table and stories come up and you're like, whoa, that really happened. I, about like, you know, about a, like a distant, I don't know, like your grandparents or, and you're just, re- you know those moments where you hear about something that happened in history and mm. it, it's connected to you and you realize, wow, that really happened. I can't believe that, you know, whether it's like a war story about the Korean War or like the independence of, you know, like something historic that's not just happening on in the news right now about mm. or like what is Kanye saying or, you know, how is Kim and Kanye doing? Like none of that stuff, but Mm. something that actually really matters that really shapes not just the news take of the day or of the month, but reality. And then it felt like that, like, that's right. It happened. You know, I'm so encouraged by that. I feel, you know, in a sense, like I feel so good knowing that I'm part of that legacy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I felt so encouraged in that way, in a in a really big way, universe like universe way, but also like very like it was so personally encouraging for me, you know. Mm, yeah, I totally agree with that because like I think one of the ways that this sermon kind of really brought me back or like reoriented me with what my call, well, not, I guess calling is like a broad term, but you know, like what I'm called to do at this moment. And, you know, for what reason am I continuing to do what I do? You know, it's often easy for me to forget, right? Like what the purpose of this all is, or like why, you know, why I might go in this direction and in this endeavor uh, with my life. You know, you kind of like lose sense of the fact that you are part of something larger at that moment because you know like i guess like day to day you just become so fixated on like well for me i get so fixated on like myself and the day but then when we look back in history you know when we look at the disciples in the book of acts we're seeing like how we are we we are like the continuation of this small fringe movement that dr sammy had denoted it as it's like i guess pretty fresh in your mind that you know, you are part of something larger. You're like doing what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like over time or like day to day, sometimes like I would just forget that, you know, I'm living as a part of a legacy or mm-hmm. I'm living as part of, you know, mm-hmm. God's larger story every day. It's like, it's like not something that comes to my mind um, as often or like it, it's not as like mm-hmm. in the front of my mind. So it's like the sermon has, uh, been really, especially during quarantine, I think, like, especially during quarantine, it's just been like a huge reminder for me that, you know, I can't forget or like, I have to remember that, you know, this is, this is bigger than just me. Mm. 
Yeah, I think about that. I think um, what what I think happened when the message went out, you know, like literally Sunday message, because so the feedback of people feeling so encouraged by it about the fact that it's based on an event. Like these are things that as believers, we've come to um, know, learn, mm -hmm. know, and accept. And therefore have come to Christ, right? To mm -hmm. follow Christ. But why it's so encouraging is because I think that living this life for Christ, um, just like you said, you, I mean, you said it kind of like in this generalized way, like, oh, I tend to not, I tend to forget, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess I want to focus on why we forget and why this proclamation, once again, announcement was so important is because it's kind of like when Paul says, you know, I, I, I take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and make it obedient to Christ. And I think he's talking on, um, not just people who were kind of, you know, kind of, um, twisting the gospel around to what it really was, you know, mm -hmm. um, in, to how it fit them and their, I guess, I don't know what made it more comfortable for them um, to believe or to accept at the time. Mm. But he's also speaking, I believe, about uh, the spiritual warfare of how the enemy diminishes this reality in our lives every day. Right. For us to come to a point where it almost becomes a disconnected process where um, we feel like, oh, this is my life, and that is that life of the legacy of Christ. Oh, I'm not. If he can't, if the enemy can't get us discouraged on the fact that, oh, why aren't we connecting it? Um, he will not only brew shame in the fact that we can't connect it, but kind of put us in a cycle of um, thoughts that makes us completely kind of leave the importance or the reality of the gospel you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it's like a cycle of oh man why am i not and it becomes self-focused but i think what's so encouraging about the message is that it takes our self-focus off every thought that exalts itself against knowledge of god every thought that's getting um kind of being whether by fogging up or taking away diminishing the very truth of God, the ver I love that. I took Latin and I think vera means the truth, mm -hmm. right? Veracity of, not that you have to take Latin to know that, but mm -hmm. you know, veracity just literally means that it's true. Um, I think we're really fighting two fronts. One is the truth aspect of an event that actually happened, which really matters mm -hmm. because, well, <laughs> if it didn't happen, I think we'd be doing other things, mm. right? If she really didn't resurrect from the dead, um, we'd be doing different things. But historicity and um, historically, it's proven that he has, you know, and he goes over that because this is kind of just like a narration of what has happened at the time, right? right. On the account. And I love how um, Sam also talked about how Luke, because he was also a scientist, a physician, and he had a way of kind of cross-referencing in so many different ways. Mm. He was actually educated um, 
And second is, I think the other front is we're fighting the spiritual front of the forces that we don't always acknowledge and we we normally forget about that is attacking um, our minds and our hearts about our direction, our purpose, and our focus of Christ. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel like what I'm getting from what you have just mentioned is is very true because you know oftentimes I think like what like I guess like referring back to the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, is a really important exercise because, like, if we don't really go back to, I guess, the mm-hmm. main point, right? Like the the main purpose. Like, I I find myself. Have, well, we were just talking about this uh, before, but you know, I found myself having that trouble with like my studies at school. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes, like, you're just so fixated on like the mm-hmm. things that you have to do, you forget like uh-huh. the point of the exercise, or like you miss the point of like trying to understand something, or like understand the or the concept in in my case right but you know it's it's like we could get bogged down by the things that i guess we feel like are happening to us or like in our lives that you know we don't always refer back to the truth of this event like the the fact the historical authenticity that christ was living amongst us um and he died and resurrected and like this is the foundation of our beliefs that really bring us back to like why we do anything that we do right because like like you were saying it would kind of be like futile and mm-hmm. meaningless if there was no real basis for why mm-hmm. we do what we do it's like it would be like me doing like a science like a chemistry problem without like trying to understand chemistry like just just mm-hmm. the practice of it without any real reasoning uh-huh. behind it mm-hmm. yeah um i think the apostles actually experienced the person of Jesus Christ in person. I mean, Paul did in a vision and he had a, he had a revelation that was very different, but they saw their savior die and live amongst them and um, resurrect. They saw him in resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. I think for us, we believe by, you know, it's a Greek word that Sam used, but it's the kerygma, which is literally means the announcement proclamation of that truth. We believe based on that announcement. And, and I think it's just so powerful to know that people, as they heard the announcement and not an idea, not like, you know, in all those like brave heart movies where it's like, let's do this. Like, you know, those like, Peps, what is it? Pep talks of, I mean, I love those yeah. movies, but you know, it, it wasn't an idea of togetherness or of a concept, but it was about a person resurrecting mm. the person promised it all through history, through the ancestors. They talked about, you know, of Jewish, Jewish ancestors speaking of prophesized and literally being lived out. And, um, and when he resurrected, like people are, you know, I guess I want to get, I, I, I want to come to why it's a French movement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, women, people were not educated. Like, we know that Luke is educated and we know that he, he had a way of academically, um, referencing and sourcing things and he wrote it in, so it's comprehensive and it's, it's credible, right? In every way. But we know that the people 
who rose up to the task to begin to tell the story of an event are plain people, like people without um, Ivy League degrees or degrees at all, right? And as they continued, um, even, yeah, I mean, like scripture says that even after being flogged, they continued to tell the story of Jesus and they continued to announce it. Um, how that carried through almost 2000 years for us to know that truth. Like, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's so powerful. Like, what we believe in is based on an event that has transformed all these people in history and is also speaking and transforming us and for the responsibility, but also like for me, the responsibility factor is always there. But I think this message gave me encouragement to want to fight for it. You know, like I think you need an extra something to fight for something. You know, mm-hmm. like it has to be a cause enough to fight for something, but to be reminded that this is this announcement changed everything because it was actually true mm-hmm. because it was based on reality of what someone has done um, and how that relates to me and how that relates to people, co- you know, coming to know Christ, I think gave me the will to fight right. and gave me like passion to fight for it. You know what I yeah. mean? I completely agree. And I think I'm really glad that you brought up the fact that like the disciples were willing to get beaten and die for the sake of the truth. Like, cause you know, I think that's like severely, I guess like not underplayed, but you know, like I, we've brought up that statement before in, previous messages but you know sometimes like over, i feel like I sometimes i overlook it to the degree it's like when i think about am i willing to suffer for something i don't believe is true mm. probably not you know like there's there's like you know when i was younger there was like very much oftentimes i got in trouble for things whether it's like lying or something and then you know i would not be willing to like i'd be i'd be like much more willing to fess up than to like receive like a beating for it you know and so mm. it's like you know, okay. you know, oh, yeah. Um, you know, when I was thinking about that, it's like the fact that the gospel narrative and the story persisted for 2000 years, you know, w- from people that were willing to lay down their lives for it, it. It just goes to show like how, how like, like with tenacity and ferocity that the disciples, the early and the early church were willing to go for the sake of this truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just how much reality has been forever changed by the event of christ Mm -hmm. and can i just say i this is why i i think it's so important like this is not just my opinion but this is what scripture says but why it's so important to stop everything and to in in the set time of sacred time to hear the preaching of God's word because it has a way of because we're living in earth where in a reality that is constantly being um attacked you know spiritually and by uh, competing commitments even you know like what we want to live for 
a lot of times we're swayed to not live for and we feel discouraged in the whole cycle of griefs a lot of times because we've, we're living on this side of eternity. And why listening to the preaching of the word is so important is because when there's a preaching of the word, a proclamation and announcement once again, it has, a, it awakens mm -hmm. us to reality once again. We could say, I am living in this reality. I already believe this. This is all old news to me. But actually, it's there's no such thing as old news, but it becomes good news once mm -hmm. again. And I think that's the supernatural, the power of God behind the proclamation of the gospel and of it being announced and why we continue to share the same news. It's not like, you know, oh, yeah, we talked about the gospel last week, so let's talk about other issues. No, actually, every issue is under the umbrella of the gospel. So the gospel is always the main issue is really that reason, mm -hmm. right? Because when we talk about it, when we proclaim it, it awakens us. It wakes us up. You know, the word awaken even seems so lately. It's you could be awakened to so much lately, but it literally wakes us up, wakes us up to reality and encourages us to live for Christ, encourages us that we are living for Christ, encourages us to kind of, um, has a way of, like you said this before, before we even started the podcast, but you used the word recalibrating, mm -hmm. right? And we use, it has a way of recalibrating us. And for me, it really refocused, like literally I felt like, Lydia, what is it that you want to do, mm. you know, in your life? Um, how do you want to like, sh you know, position this and everything around it to center around this? Because I was so fueled to fight for it. You know what I mean? It really fueled me. And I think I just have to mention that, that that's why it's so powerful. There's no, it's not, it can never become like this checklist thing if it matters. And I think that's why C.S. Lewis um, quote, I actually wrote it down here because it's so mm -hmm. encouraging. It says Christianity, if false is of no importance. And if true of infinite importance, the only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And I think the enemy has a way and also the way that enemy has a way, I think. And I think the warfare of this world is to keep us superficial. Mm -hmm. We know the most, truest uh news of the gospel it has like it is always trying to diminish our worth and diminish the worth of the gospel mm. you know and um, and i think that it the proclamation the preaching and the proclamation and the sharing of the announcement once again has us refocusing back to the to um the infinite importance mm from being from it being moderately important because i think we live in between that a lot of us like believers right and i think seekers go through this, this too even though it's it may not be um acknowledged reality because seekers are in between that place um trying to come to the truth of it and to accept it mm. right because um and accept per Christ as personal savior. But the enemy always has a way of diminishing people out of that, of that pursuing of reality, mm -hmm. right? To like, it's not that important. Like it's moderately important. I mean, of course, like seeking 
Christianity, and this is kind of like the voice of religion. Like, it's like, oh, you can do that as long as you do it in the week. It's fine. It's not that important. It has a way of like kind of swaying the words around mm. of significance, but it does that to believers as well. Like, oh, you live for Christ. It's important. You're doing that, but and it has a way of like kind of like making things very moderate, you know, making you feel like what you're doing in life is also very much balanced and moderate. And, but actually if this awakens us, I think the purpose of proclamation is to remind us really not like in a psychological way, actually, I think it is really the power of God when um, the good news is preached again. The event is shared again. What it does is it literally recalibrates us mm. to its infinite importance and everything else becomes affected mm. by it. You know, so I can't emphasize enough why it's so important to hear and to share this event of Jesus Christ being resurrected from the dead. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, no. Because it has. Oh, please continue. Uh, I was just going to say that because it affected me again, mm. once again. I'm affected by this event once again by hearing from hearing of it, being reminded of it mm. through the preaching. Again, yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we, as a believer, and like I feel like us, like I guess I'm saying we as a blanket statement, but we we need that, right? Like we need that on a regular basis. Like there's a reason why. That's our daily bread because it's like the being that there is what seems like an enemy scheme to like create a schism between like ultimate reality and like just like, you know, like like you were saying, kind of going about our lives superficially, like doing just enough mm -hmm. or like, um, you know, I guess it's like it's not urgent or it's not so important that, you know, we're thinking about and really focus on what god is doing through us you know as a community or as as a collective of believers it's like it's it's like we we need to be able to like we were talking about last week or two weeks ago even that this is kind of like mission-based where we're reconvening and like reorienting ourselves to what is of ultimate importance right like of what is the will of the father and like how and and how we can really act and do our part in it because like if we don't if we're not like receiving this wireless, right. Or like receiving this message and uh, trying to discern what the father's doing, so we're, we're going to miss it. And inevitably, like we're going to hit like a lull in our, in our lives. Right. Yeah. I guess the other word is like lukewarm, yeah. just mm -hmm. enough, just, just that. And the imagery that I had when I was like thinking about this, like, and I don't often think about this, like what I'm about to say, but I felt like, you know, I think when we're busy and we're preoccupied, whether we're physically busy or not, when we're preoccupied in our minds, we have so many things going on in our thoughts that at the forefront and the, you know, back, you know, in the back of our minds, like there's so much going on that we feel like a lot is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, we feel like, Everything feels, and this is kind of like how fear and anxiety feels like to everything feels so important. Mm. Like everything feels 
so loud and everything feels so significant and then when and it has a way of like becoming very cloudy and loud and you know and a lot of times we try so many things to kind of bring rest to that you know but what i felt was but in the same way like in the clamor and the clad um clutter of all these things in our lives um at the same time because everything feels important and i think this is a strategy everything feels so important that the ultimate importance of the event how it shapes us and should shape our lives and our focus and everything kind of misses we kind of miss it i i was like you know what i don't think i realize how much god is doing to recalibrate me throughout the week mm. and i say that as someone who is willing you know like someone who surrendered to christ like i was thinking about like you know i almost felt like um you know when uh i almost felt like god's hand like i'm kind of like in this space like kind of like floating around almost like in mm. space right and then God has to, cause I'm floating, I'm like literally just floating with all these preoccupation floating through. That's kind of like my, the reality or the condition of my mind. And God literally has to bring his hand has to come or his hand. I actually saw like this image of like his hand literally coming to gently bring my head back to the focus, mm -hmm. to the center. And I think a lot of times, I'm not aware of that. Like, I know we say, God, thank you for doing this, but we kind of see what we need and the finished product. And even like our prayer and the mm. answered prayer, we don't really think about what happens in the process. Mm. But because we only think one, two, like I prayed, I had a need and God answered, yay, God answered, God, you're so good. But a lot of times the enemy even diminishes the revelation of the fact that this is something God has done for us. Like what, if we could kind of like see what God has done, you know what I mean? It actually has a way of, I don't know, for me, it woke me up to like, God is doing a lot more than we give him mm. credit for, like on a daily mm. basis. And we could say he's God he doesn't have to do much, but actually I think he does much because he loves us, right. you know? And so, has a way of like realigning us. And for me, I guess it was like that. The message was like that. Waking up to this reality is like, Lydia, actually, you, I know you care so much about the gospel and living for me. And I know, um, it's like, this is my promise to you that I will lead you. And so even if I'm two degrees away and on the direction of floating again, away from the focus, of this reality that fuels me that focuses me he brings me back yeah you know he brings me back and recalibrates me like does that make sense i could kind of like imagine this but that's what i felt like i felt like once again it's about god's hand bringing us back god and that's the i think that's the definition of god's power it god's power is at work we don't see it we don't always acknowledge it because we kind of are diminished in our vision of it but his power mm. is at work for the sake of the gospel mm. in our lives you know yeah so 
Um, I th I think I've I think I follow the imagery. I'm just trying to see if I can understand in that it it seems like you know like oftentimes we can get distracted by what we consider important, yeah. right? Or, or like those things that are yeah. around us, and like God does His part to you know really help us refocus, yeah. and whether we know it or not, and probably more often than we think because maybe we're like maybe our heads are in the clouds a little bit with, you know, the things that God is doing, but then, you know, God is like persistently, especially for his children, like persistently trying to get us back to where we need to go. If I'm understanding that. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. It's like a hand of God kind of really bringing things together as uh, mm -hmm. Romans says. For the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And again, it comes back to that, that charisma, the announcement based on the announcement of Christ and your life for Christ. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it has, it's such a simple truth, you could say, but it's so, it's so powerful. Like forget profound, like it's so powerful that it's impacting mm. us today. The same God is impacting us today because of this. And, you know, like Sam was wearing all these anchors yeah. on his shirt in the sunset. Like all the, but it is kind of like that. Like it reminds me of the verse in Hebrews 619. It said, we have the hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. And it felt like that. It's like your eyes are open to revelation behind the curtain to the fact that we are secure and we are filled with this hope that is only found through the anchor of Christ. And I felt this word mm. secure, like security that mm. only comes yeah. from Christ. You know what I mean? Oh, I got to ask him <laughs> if he did that on purpose, but... But I just felt like it had a way of anchoring us back so that the ship can't sway back and forth and float. I guess ship is a better way. I mean, with Amin mm. singing his song, like it was so poetic of, of you know, I felt like singing that song of um, that Amin wrote mm. submerged, right? Uh, it, I felt like I was in the ocean really experiencing the layers of the waves trying to reach sand and you know, like the depth of it with the picture in the background, it was like so beautiful of God's reality, you know, but yeah, it has a really way of securing us in a world that I guess it's not just our minds, but in this world that where everything is kind of just scattered and floating, it feels mm -hmm. like sometimes, but yeah, but I think, yeah, I think um, the word that you use is really what I'm trying to get at is distracted we get distracted mm. and and that this news announcement recalibrates and focuses mm. us back from the distractions mm. um I, I guess like not to throw us off tangentially but you know i do i do kind of have like a practical question regarding that um i'm just wondering because like you know mm. if god is doing his part to try to you know um, I guess quiet down those distractions and really help us focus on what, what he's trying to do, like through us, um, being that we are the continuation of this movement. You know, like what, what, 
I get, I'm tr- I'm just trying to think like what are some of the ways in which that it's also our part to try to reorient ourselves back to right mm-hmm. and I think you mentioned earlier that like the preaching of the word is important for us to hear for that purpose and also um like creating that sacred space and I'm just wondering like you know cuz I think it's like I treat um how should I say? So I feel like I I'm coming from a place where I, sometimes I just treat the event as like something that has happened in history, right? Um, like I don't always think about mm-hmm. like how the Roman Empire has impacted like our society today and like how that influences me directly, right? Like I I don't always think about the chain of events that leads me to the place where I'm at now. Um, but the sermon has really helped me think about and like really come back to the fact that it's like oh wow like I'm a part of a larger series of events starting from one major event right and I, i'm just wondering like mm-hmm. what like how do we how do we come to a place where we can you know remember this and do our part in also trying to you know quiet down the distractions and stay focused on what is the most important thing in our reality well i think in the same way that the apostles um continue to share this news Mm. of christ right resurrecting from the dead living amongst them and i i love the three i like took notes because i was so blessed like that christ came to god God sent christ to guard and embody and change the world you know through his son through salvation found in him right like i think this call is the same mm. for us to do the same. And because this news is spread as other, as people share the event, you know? So I think the practicality is, oh, practical application is always the same. So how can we, can I share this more? How can I share this? If you're sharing this, like, mm. how can I do this more? How can I share this news so that others know about it? How can I get this to yeah. others, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think it's about accelerating that because, you know, I know you said, like, for you, it's, like, hard to connect that the Roman Empire, uh, the overthrow of the Roman Empire, or that these things actually impact mm-hmm. you today, right? But, like, for me, I grew up in an era where internet was literally invented Mm. right i'm like older than you and you know i i remember dial up you know i remember dial up and i remember it aol being so slow and you had to sit there and wait you know you had to unplug your phone to connect it to aol to and then boom once you connected you were open to all these different chats and people mm-hmm. you could message uh, i forgot what it was i forget what it was called back then yeah mm-hmm. aim that's right <laughs> i remember <laughs> and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh you do well, i didn't have that one, but i remember <laughs> oh, okay oh my gosh yeah dialogue sounds so ancient right but yes yeah, so I, I remember dialogue was like so amazing and some people mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. have dialogue even because it was such thing and i remember and then there was there was all these like different, I don't know, I'm not a tech person and I'm so bad at all these things, but like basically internet got faster mm-hmm. and fa- faster. And I remember, um, our internet at the house was pretty slow. 
like mm-hmm. where I grew up, right? It was pretty slow, and we're all okay with it because we don't know better. And then I remember Sam, um, you know, I, I think he was like, I don't know, it's like a year before we got married or six, I don't know. He was like, he literally switched out the internet service mm-hmm. to cable. And we could not believe how fast it became. And literally, I would say it changed life because you go from this like sitting around waiting and everything lagging all the time to being fully present, mm-hmm. you know, with the people on the screen and, and the information on the screen. So it was just amazing. But, um, yeah, the, and you know, the story of Blockbuster to, you know, streaming, and now you can watch any movie you want. I think the problem most likely is that there are so many options, yeah. you don't know how to get to them. Like, that's <laughs> kind of my problem. But so it changed my life. Like these things are things that actually changed my life. It impacted me in such ways, you know? So in the same way, like, and I guess the transition is like, you know, what Jim Collins from Good to Great said that you can't create tech, you can't create growth, but you can accelerate it. Technology yeah. could accelerate it. But I think in a way, it's just different times mm. that we're living in, but the, application the practical application has not changed it's about well how can i share mm. this news more you know how can this mm. become my news feed like the practicality looks different and it's so many options and creativity can go with it but the application is the same if this because this news is true you want yeah. people to know it right especially you know on the basis that it's like life-changing right like these are like like how Dr. Sammy like introduced you to cable internet, it's like that changed your life, and you know. We, <laughs> but I guess in the same way, it's like the same with the gospel for us, right? It's like if like because I remember with like some like when iPhones came out, right? Like there were apps that were developed, and you would share these apps because with like your friends because you would want them to also experience how this has like. I get like fundamentally change your life, right? Like I, we, we do everything mm-hmm. with apps now. Like I do like school through apps. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's the same thing with the mm-hmm. gospel, right? The, that because of the sake that it will change people's lives and it has changed ours. That is what we're trying to accelerate. Yes. I love that you mentioned that scope called mm-hmm. life because the event changes life. Literally. Yes. Mm. I love that you mentioned that, but I guess it's like mentioning yeah. the obvious, right? But it's so good because, well, we kind of forget, mm. you know, That's so true. All of it. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I, I feel like, you know, you know, through the, through the sermon series, I feel like something that had had clicked for me with this sermon was like, you know, I think our series was kind of ramping us up for this moment, right? Like we were talking about in the earlier portion of these messages that, you know, like overcoming fear and anxiety so that we can share our stories and we can share the gospel. Right. And like arriving kind of to a place where we're seeing also in parallel to the early church, how these, these guys were relentless about talking about the gospel, right? Like they did not stop and they rejoiced when they were like suffering for the sake of the gospel and stuff like that. And like, I feel like that is sort of the same narrative that, you know, we as believers and as seekers that are 
you know, bearing witness to the gospel that this is like the same thing that we're doing, right? Like we're trying to um, bring people to a place where like it's, it's unavoidable in our lives to talk about this good news and to talk about the gospel with people around us. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because there's so many things, you know, that we could be doing. I mean, like, you know, I always thought it's funny, but in this, in this clarity of light, there, we could be doing so many different things, mm -hmm. right? With our time. But why do we devote our time and our focus and our life for this news, for this event that happened is, um, well, because, and I think the, the, re, like hearing it again and not just remembering it, but hearing it again that this event actually happened, that this movement is not based, the gospel movement then and now is not based on a profound mm -hmm. idea of opia or, you know, anything of any kind of that movement, but that it's based on an event. I don't know. It, it really makes me rethink again about why I spend my time doing these things. So, you know, and I, I guess I'm just repeating the things I said before, but mm -hmm. it encourages me to continue, encourages me, it fuels me extra to fight for it and to yeah. suffer for it. You know, I think a lot of times uh, believers count, or even seekers almost at the verge are kind of counting the cause. Like, mm. do I want to suffer for this? Do I want to suffer for the gospel? Like, it's kind of inconvenient. It's kind of seems out there. Do I really want to share this on my, you know, like on my feed or, you know, mm. in relationship? And to break that ice seems, I always, I feel like there is no climate mm. change, for example, in that land that ice you know what i mean it's like mm. it's ice forever it kind of refuels me extra to and i think god is wanting to fuel people extra of that this this is reality we're talking about and if there's a supernatural i really believe mm. the supernatural aspect to it this isn't just like oh let okay so we should do this more we should it's not like that there is an awakening by the power of god in mm. the proclamation mm. of gospel like we're talking yeah. about God, right? And makes people want to suffer mm. for it. And suffer as in just anxiety of persecution or, you know, like, why do we take these steps that are inconvenient to convenient because mm. we believe in it, right? We believe that it's worthy. We believe that it is, mm. it is necessary. We believe that it is so important, you know? infinitely important not moderately important anymore but infinite important so why i think god is wanting people to kind of helping people and actually yeah. god is already doing this like i think a lot of times feel like oh man it's on me like oh i feel the pressure but actually god mm -hmm. is already doing this like he's helping us to make this transition that we might unlock through mm -hmm. a choice that we make of moving forward, you know, crossing over from being silent about our faith to sharing about our faith and why we believe what we believe, you know, it refuels us and arms us to fight for it yeah. and I think to suffer for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like while you were talking about that, like another light bulb just kind of went off in my head. Cause like, 
I think, you know, I think there could be like an area of confusion in that, you know, you would think that you would suddenly feel a ton of pressure to be like out there, you know, not that you shouldn't be, but you know, like that, like you feel like you're supposed to be out there and like talking about the gospel, like out of your own power. Right. But like, that's not necessarily the case here. It's like, you know, it's, it's often easy for me to dismiss yeah. the fact that the Holy spirit is already at work in this area, in people's lives yes. to bring it out yeah. of, or bring this part of like yes. relentless gospel sharing out of them right it's like the intrinsic motivation like spiritually that you know provides the action uh, yes or why i might be willing to change the mm, way that i right. live you know like the decisions i make why i wanted to um reflect the values of christ to go from worldly values or my own personal values or family values to the values of Christ because of its veracity and also historicity of um, the values that Christ is about. Like, I think even decision making, you know, not just proclaiming, but the proclamation to us has a way of switching our, mm. on the light bulb, like you said, to think about mm. how do I want to live life then? Do I want to continue to live life, life like this? Or do I want to really live according to Christ's values and learn about those values? You know? So I think it's like you mentioned before right. that it is life changing. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That's, uh, it's like, I, I love that that kind of came like full circle in that way for me. Cause like, you know, mm. I think oftentimes like I would, I would probably like the takeaway for me would look like, you know, oh man, I got to like do more stuff or like I got to do more for the gospel because, you know, I believe in this. But then like mm -hmm. if the reason for your belief is that much more convicting, like it, it is based off of like a very real, visceral and powerful encounter with the gospel, then it's kind of like it's obvious in my it would be obvious in the changes in my life right like going back to how we observe the work of the holy spirit through like the fruits that we bear like this would this would also be like one of those fruits mm -hmm. to be able to proclaim the gospel like be like shameless about talking about it and like shameless in suffering for the sake of life change right at the end of the day because that's that's what's that's what that's what is on god's mind like to changing our lives saving us and you know bringing people closer and closer to that yeah and i think it's very it's it's apparent it becomes apparent to us whether we're living for christ moderately mm. or infinitely you know what i mean like infinitely with infinite importance or moderate importance or mm. no importance at all and um i think that's why i like that quote by c.s lewis it really puts it into degree and um of kind of examining like okay so it, does my life really reflect mm -hmm. the reality of Christ moderately, infinitely, or none? Like, we're taking so many surveys lately for schools starting remotely and blended. And, you know, how do you feel about this? You know, like, all mm -hmm. of the above. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it, it surveys the soul and it surveys the life about how we're really living based on this, mm -hmm. this our face you know what our faces mm. on so let's see
I think one of the uh, questions that I have regarding that is, you know, I guess if we are to place ourselves on the spectrum of degrees of how much importance we place on the gospel and how much we can see that in our lives, um, I'm sure the question comes to mind, like, okay, like maybe mm -hmm. if I find that there is no importance or moderate importance, right? Like the goal here is to reflect in your life the utmost importance of the gospel, right? Um, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, in what ways or like how do we even begin to approach um, that reflection and st like trying to get to the place where not that I, I mean, I guess place in this case matters because you want to prioritize and really like anchor and center your life on the importance and urgency of the gospel at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's like for, for me, it was like I live in, in the reality of this event mm. with utmost importance, right? Like my life is positioned like intentionally, not because of any, any position I have in the church or not because, you know, of anything, but really because I believe in this. I mm -hmm. believe what happened 2000 years mm -hmm. ago. I believe that Jesus is real. So, my life is positioned in the last 20 years or how long has it been now? 30 years of being, no, 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 20 years of being a follower of Christ, being awakened to the reality of this personally is I've been positioning things and aligning things yeah. to the cause of Christ, right? So I could say I am a follower of Christ that is living this life with utmost importance of that event mm. 2000 years ago, right? But if you ask me practically, does the Holy Spirit have room to speak into my life about how I can do that so that it's, I'm really living a life of infinite importance mm. of that event every day? And I think that's really the question. You, you know, I think a lot of times we could be like, well, I'm already living for Christ. But I yeah. think this is a question about degree to what degree of importance is that event now. So yes, and the answer is absolutely. The Holy Spirit has a, a lot of room to speak into how I live my life, how I um, manage the things in my soul, in my mind, in my yeah. life. And you know, you know what I mean. Yes, everything is anchored and positioned towards Him, but there is room for the work of the spirit to continue in me to make mm -hmm. him infinitely important. You know? And for, and I believe that that infinite importance in my life will reflect in my action even more as I re-examine mm -hmm. these parts, you know? And I think um, I felt that as I heard the message, like I felt excited mm, yeah. that there was more room like I know that might sound silly, but like I felt excited. Like, oh yes, I can like recalibrate things so that it is um up like even mm -hmm. inf more infinite importance right. to live the gospel. So that what I do, what I say, what I write, like may it really be not mm -hmm. vague, but reflect the 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 mm -hmm. love and the truth of Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah.
So I think that's ultimately the question, though. Like, is there room for Christ? Because if this event is true to believers, right? If this event is true, is there room for Christ to become infinitely important, to cross over from moderate to infinite importance? And it's really a, asking God to come into those places mm. and to show us for believers, for unbelievers. He is of no importance, but of interest to you. How has this, you knowing that this event happened and that this is true, the things of your investigation, you know, to the seekers to in your investigation being true, how does this um, reflect your decision-making towards finding Christ mm -hmm. at this point in life, you know, at this point of the process? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it seems like I could draw up like a similarity between those two is that it, it, it like it really comes down to like your posture of reception to the event. Right. Because, yeah, because it's not like just isolated mm -hmm. to like, yeah, to be convincing for non-believers, but for like believers, it's like, you know, how much of an impact is this event displaying in your life really? Right. I guess it's like the it's like how we come back to uh, examining the beginning of all this for us. Yeah, exactly. I guess in some ways it's kind of like God has already done the work. So no one could recreate, no one could create what God has done. But what we can do is we can accelerate that growth. You know, we can accelerate the, the sharing, the transformation within us because God is already done. He has already done his part and he's already at work through the Holy Spirit, mm. through the power of the gospel, you know? So I think the acceleration, I think a lot of times we feel like, oh, you know, I don't know. That's, that's God's part's part. But, you know, I think a lot of times we're confused about what our part and God's part is. God's already doing his part. I think when we realize these things, that there's a way of, um, God really, I don't want to say speeding up or accelerating per se, but has a way of working through the, the mm. workings of our soul, you know, and uh, really helping us reflect him. I mean, that's the goal of the spirit to, to really reflect what Christ has done, who Christ is and to glorify God. So, yeah. I mean, the Holy Spirit is all about that, you know, the gospel is all about that to reflect. If we're willing, God will, you know, give us mm. a spirit to do more, to reflect mm. more. Yeah, that's, I mean, ultimately, I think it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning of this podcast. That's just super encouraging, right? Like, because sometimes I think, like, mm. you know, it, of, like, all the things around to do or, like, things that we're concerned of, you know, what always, like, kind of cuts through that is, like, the posture of the heart it seems like like if you are willing you know to receive the good news like and like let it marinate in your life again like in a, in a very powerful way you know that that is like the fuel that is like the electricity mm -hmm. the energy that will drive you to continue to want mm -hmm. to uh place and prioritize god first in your life right because like sometimes you could just get like your priorities just get like wayward. You, you don't mm -hmm. like, you know, you don't really know where to focus your time and energy. And then like it reorients you back to the fact that like your time and energy uh, is for the sake of the gospel, for the mm -hmm. sake of the kingdom. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think you know it's life has a way of making us feel like oh, do mm. I what do I do? Does it matter? Or okay, God, I want to be faithful. Kind of like burnt out Christians in many ways. Like I think when we get stuck, we get burnt out in these thoughts. Like okay, I'll be faithful. I just keep being faithful, and that's right. Yes, we're called to be faithful, and then I think that's. And that's when the whole comprehensive truth and the teachings mm. of Christ all comes to play. It doesn't, you know, this reality helps us really apply all truth um, under the umbrella of this event has taught us through scripture, through the preaching and the teaching of the word, through the reflection and, you know, the of the word. And it helps us grow all in an mm. all encompassing way, you know. So I think, and again, it goes back to it becomes life-changing. And that, that life change is really what reflects to others the proclamation in however way. And in um, mm. word and deed, both how it reflects to the world so that more yeah. will know this, you know? So. Yeah. That's really good news. I mean. You know, I can't help but think a lot of what I've learning and a lot of my takeaways, what I, a lot of what I have been learning <laughs> and uh, a lot of my takeaways with this sermon series is that like mm-hmm. a lot of what we are doing or of what we are trying to do for God does come with like a partnership with the spirit. Right. And I think for me, I guess I'm bringing that up because sometimes I'm just thinking like truth all the time, like truth, truth. Right. I have to like be faithful, like you were saying. And like, I just have to stick with things. But then like, what's, what really gives life to that truth is what also the spirit is doing in conjunction with this very immutable reality of Jesus Christ. Right. Like it's, it's, it like kind of brings that fuel to the fire kind of thing is what I get. And, you know, like, and Mm. sometimes like at this point, especially with like, the circumstances of the quarantine and like the uncertainty of everything and like maybe feeling really lost about what, what is going on. It's like, like as believers and as seekers, you know, we just need that flame. Sometimes we just need like a little bit of that fuel to really keep us going, spur us mm-hmm. on and really, um, and like what I really loved about the scripture is that like, it seems like the disciples who had like joy, right. It said they were rejoicing. And, you know, it's, you know, maybe joy might be hard to come by for some of us. And like, I, I feel like that could have been the case for me in what you mentioned about being burnt out. Um, and this, this message and, you know, the reminder that, uh, the spirit is at work and that we are part of this larger movement, whether we know it or not. And hopefully at this time, like we, we do know it and we really truly believe in it that, you know, this is this is what can keep us going, and this is what mm-hmm. has kept Christians going for two thousand years, two millennia, mm-hmm. uh, which is really amazing. You know, if you, when you really think about it, it's mm-hmm. like so much, uh, like there's so much like power mm-hmm. behind it. The magnitude of that is just like really yeah. awesome. You know? Yeah, 
Because I think it's really not that God sways his heart and mind. His his mm. word and truth and love is immutable. Mm. Like, use that word immutable. But it is our heart and mind that sways back and forth so much that we lose sight of mm. this reality, you know? And I think it's kind of like, like when you say uh, putting fuel to the fire, um, is kind of like being, not being able to see for a bit because we're kind of swayed and back and forth. Even though we want to, like there is on this side of earth, there's so much warfare and there's so much competing com commitments. And by hearing the announcement again, that layer of blindness peeling off and, and it reveals again that God is, God is, mm -hmm present he's omnipresent right. that he is is all powerful you know and i guess like uh, when you're sharing that like what i the image that i had was you know throughout i think last week was it i couldn't sleep one night and i think it was like 5 a.m or i forget what it was mm -hmm. kind of dark but the sun was starting to come up and i like to kind of like peek at yeah. my garden and at night it's too dark so i wanted to see as the sun was coming up and um i went outside and i looked up and i was like what is that thing it's there was this like it almost felt like a gold tooth in someone's mouth you know when sometimes you kind of see a gold tooth when someone oh, cool. smiles if they have like a gold filling or something you know that you know that effect like when someone it's smiles like and they have a gold mouth. filling you go it's kind of and you see it. I mean, okay, uh -huh. so they display this while like in Home Alone when the bird had like a silver tooth or something, a gold tooth, and I remember Macaulay McCulkin is like, you recognized him because you couldn't see yeah. the goldness, and then when he smiled, you saw it. There was evidence to the same guy. Anyway, it, it kind of like, in a sense, it's silly, I know, but I was looking up at the sky, and I was like, what is that gold little yeah. thing floating in the sky i was like mm -hmm. i've never seen that before you know i was like is that a plane so i was like mm -hmm. staring at it for a while because it wasn't moving like i think that's something what is that what is that and i am <laughs> i'm a space dummy i don't know much but i googled like can you you know what can you see or like i think i googled planets or something like and it ended up oh. being venus <laughs> Yeah, it was Venus popping up wow. at that time in New York in the New York sky. So it's the space and the universe right. just because we can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. But like it was almost like a layer was peeled off in this space and time for me to see, for us to see. I mean, does it really mean for us mm -hmm. to see? No, it just it just happened, right? <laughs> By whatever in science what happened. But for me, it spoke, and it's kind of like that. So a lot of times we live swayed, our heart, mind swayed, kind of always trying to find re repurpose again and focus again, and we're always kind of feeling lost and discouraged oftentimes. But then God peels off this layer of himself and why yeah. we believe what we believe. It felt like that, you know, like the truth is immutable, but let me show it to you again. And like, that is kind of like what's available, like the declaration, the charisma, the mm. proclamation announcement of truth. It kind of, it's like, it's like, boom, like it was like, 
and it peeled off all this excess mm. and help us see again. Well, this is why you do what you do. This is why you are in love with me. You know, God is saying, well, because of what Christ has done. And this is why your life has changed. And this is why your life is changing. And this yeah. is why, like, you know what I mean? He peeled yeah. off the layers mm. so we could see the beauty of it again. For sure. For me, that's yeah, what I mean, it's like. Thank God like. those reminders are there. And I love that truth doesn't disappear. Like, it just doesn't, like, evaporate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Truth doesn't disappear. Yeah. I love I, that. I, 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 really, I especially, you know, I'm enamored, I'm, I'm enamored with truth just because of the fact that, like, it is eternal or, like, it is it's everlasting and, you know, I take heart in the fact that, you know, God does things that are for eternity. Right. And like, those are the ways that I can trace Mm -hmm. back. And it's always going to provide the evidence for me anyways, to know why this is what, what this is the reason why we do what we do and to have that spurred on by, Mm -hmm. you know, the spirit um, elements that are beyond me and things that I, out of my control um that that's just like even more like awesome like awe-inspiring right like i just don't i can't fathom it it's just it's just real it's it's like Mm -hmm. you you know when you're trying to come to grips with this incredible thing right it's like such a such a reminder of like how much god is really doing um and who god and who god really is and, um, yeah, that's like, I don't know. I don't know if motivation is the right word. Cause I don't really think like it, it like provides like that stint of motivation, but it's the motivating factor for me anyways. And like, I, I know I can rest easy, um, in the truth of the gospel and just knowing that the things that we're building in this lifetime, the things that we are trying to do while we are here, we are here is for the sake of eternity at the end of the day. Yeah, the things that we're surrendering to Christ mm. for in this lifetime is worthy. And I think that, I think that is just that the things that we surrender in this life mm. is of eternal importance for, for history, for others to know Christ. I think that makes it worth the fight. That mer- makes mm. it so worth living for. And, um, the utmost direction of saying, well, I'm a Christ follower, saying that generally, although it's not a general statement because it takes the revelation of Christ and surrender to Christ to come to that. But I think to the degree of the peeling off the layers, and I think we are motivated by truth, the immutable, the immutable uh, truth, but mm-hmm. I it is also motivating to know that it's happening again, that we're being reminded mm, again. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and we're, I, I love that we're always going to be reminded. I think that's the really encouraging thing. Mm, mm. Yeah. It's true. I remember when, um, you know, in Genesis, God reminds Abraham abram at the time and says abram look look at the sand you know and reminds him of the promise of his descendants and he says you know he says look up at the sky 
and look at the stars、mm. and remind him of the promise of his descendants that will come to him because of his obedience to leave all and to surrender all to follow Christ. And you know, Abraham did not do it perfectly, and we know、mm. that, and we laugh about that, and we learn from that. And、um, you know, we, you know, there's it's thank God, right? And what a what a story, like a narrative of God using. A person and not this demagogue, or you know what I mean. Like he used a human being, like and just like us. And so I think that's encouraging. God has a way of reminding us of His promise, like this, and reminding us that when we surrender, He will do it. He will do what He wants to do, which is to save people, to、mm-hmm. for people to be connected back to Him. So. I think that's it's just so encouraging to know that what we do for Christ is not in vain, and that what we do for Christ is、um, not wasteful at all. Like I was thinking of a word, but it kind of slipped my mind. But that it's I don't know. It's I don't know. But I think yeah, it was a word that I was thinking. But that is. I mean, the Bible says that, right? And the things that we do for Christ are not in vain. But to know that our、yeah. purpose means something in Christ, I think,、mm-hmm. brings great joy. I think ultimately knowing that we're living for this for a purpose greater than ourselves ultimately gives us joy. You know, the things that we gain it brings us happiness because you know there's this、um, instant gratification we feel when we gain things, but Gain for the sake of something that's greater than us.、Mm. To know that we're connected for something greater,、um, and when that purpose is found because of Christ, is I think that joy is definitely not a feeling, but that knowing and that joy of grander picture of our vision. To live and to go through hard times, to go through trials and to overcome,、um, to go through inconveniences of this world, to arrive at a place that is greater, of a higher calling. I think、mm. that's、yeah. very motivating. Completely agree. There, the only reason why you would want to continue to, to do something is if you're truly in love with that thing or passionate of it.、Um, Yeah, that you really love it, right? That you really love Christ and you really love God. Yeah, and makes you fall in love、yeah. more, right? Like the, and I think that's like the awesome part. Like our capacity for love, our capacity for desire for God, for、um, sharing love with others、mm-hmm. of this news, it grows, and I think that's exciting. Too, to know that our capacity is not has not just arrived here, and it's like let's do、mm-hmm. this, let's be faithful, all right, let's get the team together, let's get the community together till we die. But it grows. It's like very much like a you know like、yeah. a flourishing thing. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just you know I'm <laughs> yeah in yeah. thinking in thought yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hear the dot, dot, dots over your head. Yeah. <laughs>
true. I think, uh, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I could keep thinking, but you know, like I did, it would just be me ram, just rambling at this point. Um, do you, do you have any last thoughts? Um, any you know final things you want to say? I think just. I want to say lastly, it's mm. really a repeat of what I said before, but yeah. be encouraged by the gospel. You know, sometimes it feels like such a minimal thing that we discredit that, that um, gift of encouragement, mm. but be encouraged by the gospel. It's not just oh, so elementary, but, you know, God encourages us at every point in our lives to love him and to serve him. And so being encouraged, I think a lot of times the enemy's attack is at that point of encouragement. Mm. He diminishes it, that it doesn't matter. You know, but that, you know, that being encouraged is from the spirit of God, is from the power of God. Be encouraged by the gospel once again. Be encouraged today by what God is revealing once mm. again in our hearts, you know, and it is not a waste. It is everything to fuel us, to fight, to suffer, to grow, to excel, mm. to flourish for the sake of his name. So be encouraged. And, um, the enemy will come to kill, steal, and destroy the very work of the Spirit to encourage us in the faith. But I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And um, I want to give us permission. It's just a, it's just like saying, I give myself permission to, to feel that, to receive that, mm. be encouraged. You know? So let's be encouraged together and be fueled and be filled by him. In Jesus' name, for the sake Amen. of Christ. Powerful, powerful message. And thank you so much for a very undeniably encouraging podcast um, as well today, Pastor Lydia. Thank you. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank Thanks, you, Henry. Joe. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
Will you bow your heads for the benediction today? It's pretty dark out now, but beautiful out here. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. Good afternoon, everybody. We just want to thank you guys for joining us for our Sunday service this afternoon. Before we finish, we have some community news for everyone, and we're going to start off with tithes and offering. As a reminder, you can always tithe through Venmo at Church 180, through our website, 180church.tv, using PayPal, or you can tithe through Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram at 180BRG, as well as on Tumblr at 180BRG. And here we post just a chapter of the Bible every day and a verse of the Bible on the Instagram account so that we can continue to have God's Word present at all times in our lives because we don't live on bread alone but we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our next announcement is about the prayer text hotline, which you can find at 539-7-PRAYER or online at prayer at 180church.tv. Again, with everything that's going on in the world, sometimes we need a little bit of help. And the prayer text hotline is there so that we can lift up our requests, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, our friends, and our family to God. And so that we're not praying about these things alone, but we're praying for them in the context of community. Our next announcement is about small groups. And even though we're socially distancing from one another, it's still so important for us to continue to meet so that we can spur one another on, not just in faith in Christ, but spur one another on and encourage each other through the difficulties and the trials that are going on in life. No matter what stage of life you're in, we have a group that would be great for you. And right now, all of our groups are meeting online. So no matter where you are in the city or even in the country, we have a group that would be perfect for you. Our adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30. Our young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30. And our college group, 180 Fellowship, meets on Fridays at 7.30. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. But finally, we want to invite you to all our social media outlets. Clearly, we are social media savvy from all the lists that you see here, from Facebook to YouTube to podcasts. And I just want to encourage you guys to actually follow along because there's so much rich resources that could actually bless you. From insightful articles uh, through Dr. Sammy that he has written, um, especially from Christianity Today, uh, to insightful, thoughtful discussions on the podcast with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu. In addition to this, uh, we, have, we have a new addition, which is our SoundCloud. And it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. 
Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you, and to be blessed by Him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. Those are all of our announcements for this Sunday. We want to thank you guys once again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.